Are you tired of conflict, drama, fighting, and people problems? Are you ready to learn the simple skills to improve all your relationships and make them thrive? Well, it's easier than you think. Relationship Radio brings you practical advice to be your best and improve your life. We break down the complicated problems and make them simple and easy. And when you know better, you can do better. Here are Master Life Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles. Welcome to Relationship Radio, where we make healthy relationships simple and easy. I'm Nicole Cunningham. And I'm Kim Giles. We're so happy to have you join us today. Yeah, now, look, one of our most listened to and and the feedback we've received so much of other shows that we do around parenting, Kim. So we're going to talk parenting tips to really help you challenge with your challenging times with your children. And I think we all struggle to parent at one stage or another, whether it's toddlers or high school or it's enforcing those boundaries or what do you do with those young adult children in that transition. So parenting can really trigger us. So today we're going to talk about all things parenting. And and the number one question we get is really, how do I stay out of fear so that I parent at my best? Yeah. So we, we want everybody to be reminded one of the core principles of 12 shape system is that all bad behavior is coming from fear and nobody triggers your fear as bad and as easily as your kids. They're your biggest fear triggers. Everything they do makes you afraid you're failing as a parent or you're, or you're going to look bad and that, that fear of failure gets triggered or you're afraid you're going to lose them at some level, and and maybe it's physically lose them, <laughs> maybe it's lose that connection and that relationship with them, and because we're so afraid of all of those things, we often parent from a real emotional, uh, scared, and and often immature place, and and that's really the problem, because when we parent from that place, kids lose respect for us. I can't think of a more invested relationship that that we have really Kim we're so invested in our kids we're so invested in that relationship and we want it to be healthy so just as you're listening to us start the show today just ask yourself how how healthy is my relationship with my kids uh, and that's not about your expectation how well they're doing how successful how you'd like it to be but genuinely how successful are you being in being the healthy component because you're 50% of it and as the parent we are the ones that hold most of the responsibility there and the duty to actually be the most functional and the most balanced. You know, Nicole, you you say check in, look at your relationship as successful. I think maybe successful means different things to different people too. I think for some people, I'm successful if I have control and they are obeying me and they are doing what I want them to do, then I feel successful. And what you actually feel is safe. Your, your fear is has shrunk, but it's because you've got such ironclad control. And the problem with a lot of those relationships is what you're now missing is connection. And and I think it is true as, as a parent, we want to have influence and we feel successful if we have influence. But if you have influence without connection, it's probably not really the relationship that you want to have. So so just look at your relationship with each of your children for a minute today. And and how is the connection? How healthy is that part? 
So before, and and as we go through this, whenever we teach parenting stuff, whether it's one of our um, events or whether it's, you know, on our inner circle calls or even just with our clients, whenever we talk about parenting, it can be a touchy subject, Kim. The intention of this show is not to make you feel inferior or to trigger all of your fears and make you feel less than. We're going to be providing a lot of different solutions today um, and different ideas for you to percolate. Parenting is a process of evolving. We grow into that. And I think as their children and then as they get into adulthood and, and those teenage years and then the relationships forever changing. So I just want to make sure that everybody has a really open mind going into this understanding that this journey, it's actually, it evolves, it's linear. <laughs> It is. And we're growing and learning just as much as our children are. We're growing into better parents all the time. We really usually mess it up on the first one because we have no idea what we're doing. But Nicole, I hear you say to parents all the time, we're not telling you how to parent your children. And, and a lot of people would say, well, yeah, you are. You're on here giving me all this advice on how to parent my children. What you mean is that you as the parent have the right to some some guidance or some intuition about what's right for your specific child and what works with our kids, what works for other parents may not work for you. So you do have to trust yourself and make decisions that feel right for you and your child. Having said that, there's principles across the board that we're going to talk about today about getting out of fear and parenting from a place of trust and love that will help everybody no matter who you are, what what your kid is like. So for the last combined 30 years, Kim, you and I have been working with parents and they come in with their parenting problems and it comes from one place. When I've really thought about this and was planning today's show, they come when parenting gets sticky where we actually have to flex a little bit of muscle. We either have to get into being more controlling and, and managing things and taking responsibility and putting in boundaries or we have to let go and we have to trust. But ultimately, whenever we have to do those, one of those two things, it's new, it's scary. And the biggest thing that we hear is that, well, what if this breaks my relationship with my child? If I go in and make these changes and I do listen to your advice and I do change things up a bit, what if my kids don't like me? Oh, we do get that a lot. And the, and the reality is kids don't like you to change anything because they're comfortable with what it is, even if it's dysfunctional and it's not really serving the connection. As soon as you start to do something different, it throws them off. Now, this kind of rejection, it's painful because we ultimately have an enormous amount of investment in our children's happiness and in also how our children feel about us. But the question I really want to open up as we get into this topic today is, do you really require their validation? Sure, it feels nice. I like it when my kids are happy with me. It does feel good when they tell me I'm a good mother, all that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, does it really matter Um, if they like me or they like my decisions for them? Or is my job and my role actually to make the adult informed choice the more logical one a lot of the time, the one that comes with wisdom that's actually based on what's (laughs) right for them? So just play with that for a minute and say, right, you know, am I really committed to making an environment that's functional and creating happy, contributing children who engage in society that are hopefully going to make a difference? Um, And ultimately, my job is to discover what they really want to do for themselves or is my job for them to like me, which means that that is going to lead me down a completely different direction of parenting choices and decisions. 
Okay, so we're kind of back to the same question of what does success as a parent look like to you? Because I think for a lot of us, as long as they like me, that's success. For others, as long as I have control and they're obedient, that is success. But really, if we put the best interest of our kids in the forefront, it's about raising healthy, confident, responsible people who are going to grow up and be good adults and treat people right and and be good people. I, I think at the end of the day, we have to keep focusing on that that is really our job as a parent is to raise healthy adults. I love that. That's my number one. My second is I want them to be happy. And their happiness doesn't always equate to my happiness, right? So so the decisions that they would make for themselves doesn't always mean that they're, they're going to be the decisions that I would have made for them, which means I've got to be detached on some level to the choices they make, the journey they're going to have, the life they're going to have in order for them to actually to go through that process of discovery. And this is that real transition. We see it a lot in our office, Kim, between 14 and 15, This there's this power play shift in the home where you move from being the parent and then being the child to there's more of a balanced relationship. And this is where it really gets tricky because in order to have a healthy relationship, a balanced relationship, give them freedom, but hold the reins at the same time, we actually have to be okay with them getting hurt, making mistakes and making decisions for themselves. And they can often be the biggest triggers of these fears that you're talking about. Absolutely. Okay. So it's going to get real I'm going to do a very un-arrow thing and actually share <laughs> Yay! a personal story. Uh, so, Nicole, you know I've, I've got four kids. And as an example, in my family, in my community, getting a tattoo is not highly looked upon as a good thing. And so I've got a daughter that has quite a few tattoos. And I know I've got people around me who look at my job parenting and think that, I haven't done a very good job because my daughter has chosen differently than I've chosen and that that a lot of my family has chosen a, a different path in life. And and it's interesting. I get triggered sometimes a little bit by that judgment, especially when she puts it all over social media that she just got another tattoo. But but the thing is, at the end of the day, I do know that I have raised a happy responsible, smart, caring, loving person who's making her own choices and creating a life that she's happy in. And and I think that's success. I really do. I also think we need to bring the 12 shapes into it a little bit because for most of us, our children are a different shape than we are. And we have a tendency, and, and we do this with everybody. We think the way we are is the right way and everybody should be like us and think the way we do and make decisions the way we do. We project that on everybody, but especially our kids. And, and a, a lot of times we're, we're not honoring and giving space to the fact that they're different than us. So they're allowed to be different. I think there's a really big permission piece that we have to give is, yes, I am their mother and I provide for them and I make sure they're clothed and fed. And I'd like to think that they value my opinion, but ultimately they don't have to give that to me. They really don't. My job is is to be wise and to be balanced enough in myself, content with my own journey that I'm not attaching myself like a leech to their success. So that brings up the first principle I want to bring up today where your success is not their success and vice versa. Their success is not your success, which means if you have a different opinion about tattoos, good, you're allowed to have it. But it doesn't mean that you have to then go in and take action and be in a place of judgment and criticism because your child 
did something differently. Sure, you can have all of those emotions, but it's when we start taking action on those emotions in an unbalanced way that sounds like judgment, criticism, that's when this disconnect happens with our kids. Okay, but I know we've got parents out there who are thinking, but it's about our values and and they're not it's not okay to have different values. I'm trying to teach my children to have the same values I have, Nicole. And I if I fail at that, then that's really painful. So what about the value that they're allowed to be happy and that their happiness is allowed to be different to, than your happiness? Well, I know the the piece that's really helped me with that is in choosing to believe that my life is the perfect classroom for me and and understanding that then my children have their perfect classroom and it's going to be different than mine. And, and the things that they get to experience and learn and I have really have to let go and let the universe and them be in charge of that. That can be hard and scary to do, trigger a lot of fear. It can be. Now, I remember the story you told me when Lainey got that beautiful tattoo on her back and you saw it on social media as the first thing. And you, in that moment, had a very powerful decision to make as to how you were going to respond. Because I know people are listening to this going, well, what? She gets a tattoo and I meant to just be okay with it and say nothing, you know? Yeah. No, I do remember because I knew she was going to call me up and she was going to say, did you see my new tattoo? What do you think? And that was going to be one of my most pivotal moments as a parent for her because I wouldn't want that tattoo all over my back. And I, I wasn't thrilled that she had one, but I really had to step back from it. And the question I asked myself, Nicole, is Am I going to have a fear response or a love response? Because that is the most important parenting choice that you make every single interaction you have with your child. Every text message, every call, every interaction with your kid, are you coming from fear or love? So I had to sit there and go through all the things I could say, well, I'm glad you're happy with it. You know, I don't like them. I mean, I I came up with all these responses and they were all fear-based. And I finally decided the only love-based response when she asked, which she did, she called me up and said, Mom, what did you see my tattoo? What do you think? I said, honey, it's beautiful, just like you. You're beautiful. Your tattoo is beautiful. And I, and I left it at that. And you know what? She was shocked because I think she kind of expected that maybe I wouldn't be happy about it. I showed that kid in that moment that my love for her is more important than those choices. Now, this is really important if we're talking about kids who are starting to get into trouble. And I know there's a lot of people who listen to our show who are struggling with this because we hear from them every week. And at what point do you give in? At what point does that slippery slope kind of happen where they they make one decision and they kind of land on their feet somehow and then they start making another decision? Before you know it, there's a cascade of bad decisions. And I've always said whenever we've done any parenting classes and, and even with our clients and, and at our events, that our job is not to be their friend. Our job is to be their first phone call. And you earn that. You earn that by having that love it, loving anyway response, which is what you did to your daughter, which is no matter what it is that you do, I will always be here. And and the less that we're in judgment and in our own fear, which then creates that unbalanced state for yourself that then projects over your child then they're more likely. And I want to share a a story with me. So I actually got my belly button pierced when I was 18. 
and I was terrified about doing it and I knew that my mother would would disapprove and I did it anyway and it, it was more about rebellion uh, if I'm honest with you it, it was a decision that I thought I wanted to make for myself but looking back I actually did it more around rebellion because I knew she was going to have an issue with it and I needed to test that water I got home and I was so full of guilt and I was so worked up, not from the pain, but from my mother's disapproval that I woke her up at three o'clock in the morning and I said, mom, I'm, and I was in tears and I, I said, I'm really sorry I did this and I feel so much guilt and I feel so much shame. And she looked at me and she said, did it hurt? I said, yeah, it was awful. And she said, good. And I hope it always hurts. And she went back to bed. And that was a very critical moment for me where I then had to deal with the additional shame of the fact that of the disapproval, which is why I knew it was going to happen anyway, but it was a double whammy. And it took me several months to actually rebuild the trust with my mother and tell her other things that were going on at high school and, you know, transitioning into university and how I felt about my boyfriend at the time. And all of this stuff that really, I was probably testing the water to see if mum could hold the space for me, if I'm really honest. And I think about that now having, I'm getting teary. Oh, I think about that now having two young children myself and my experience was perfect and I, I love my mum and, and she did the best that she knew how at that time. But I think that our children do test the water because there is so much peer pressure out there. I think there is so much influence out there that they want to, when they've made a mistake, come ha- back under that wing of the mother hen to say, yeah, okay, it was scary and you probably pushed further than what you did, but I love you anyway and do you want to talk about it? So, Nicole, I remember a time when my son got into trouble and he had lied to me and I I looked at him and I said, "Um, just be honest with me when I ask you. And he said, Mom, I will if you can handle the truth. You got to be able to handle the truth. And and this is the part that we have to earn with our kids. So I I want everybody to know we're going to have to take a break in a minute. But when we come back, we're going to dig deep on how do we build that connection so that we've earned that space to be the one they call when when they're in trouble and 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 yet not have to have fear that they're not going to like us so that we can parent in a way that's that's right for them because i think we get confused about those nicole i'm either tough i'm going to be a tough parent and do what's right for you or i'm going to have connection and actually you don't have to choose there's a way to have both would you agree completely so stay with us you're here with nicole and kim on relationship radio your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Are you a fan of relationship radio? Are you ready to take your relationships to the next level? Perhaps you are still struggling with relationships in your life or struggling with your self-confidence or some negative thinking. We can assist you. Our Shape Up Coaching Program is available to our listeners all over the world. We offer private one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and family group sessions where we teach you about your shapes and how to really strengthen, build, and nurture each of your relationships. Discover how to resolve conflict, how to overcome fear of confrontation, and really work on your self-esteem like never before. For information about your coaching options, or if you're interested in becoming a certified coach to work with Kim and Nicole, send us an email, info at 12shapes.com. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy, and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. 
Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at 12shapes.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back. You're with Nicole and Kim, and we're talking about parenting today and why it's essential that we don't tie our children's success to our self-esteem. Yes, because then it means every mistake they make is a reflection on your value as a human being, and then we respond from fear to everything. So before the break, we were were talking a little bit about how to have connection Keep that connection so you earn a place where they can come and actually talk to you about things while still having rules and values and and teaching them appropriately. So, Nicole, I want to I'm really sharing, boy, on this show, (laughs) you're finding out all kinds of things. So um, hopefully my son doesn't listen to the show. Um, When he was in high school, he had had my car out one night on a date And the next day, I took the car and went to the grocery store. When I opened the back of the car, I found a condom wrapper in the back of the car. And that is one of those moments, just like the ones where you just found out they're failing a class or they just got suspended or they just took drugs or, you know what I mean? Those moments. They make your heart stop. (laughs) Gosh. Oh my gosh. They could trigger so much fear of failure and loss. Those are the moments that we have to check ourselves because the way we respond to a mistake or a a choice that's maybe not consistent with our values, those are the pivotal moments on whether you're going to retain connection and influence because if you handle those badly, they're going to shut you off. You will no longer be the person they go to and you lose influence and it's influence that gives us a chance to really help them in their life and be the parent. If you, if, if you have no influence, you're not really parenting anymore. So I know um, my first thought was one of um, being extremely upset and angry. And I, I did finally realize the right thing to do. I texted him. I told him I'm going to pick you up after school. And he's like, why? Um, I, I just want to have a talk. And, and he got in the car. And I, I have to admit, I stayed totally calm and asked a lot of questions and listened. And he still tells people this story that you cannot believe how my mom responded to that because she showed up for me. She was concerned about the girl that I'd been with. She wanted to teach me some things about girls and women. And and we ended up having a really good educational talk because I created a space where he would actually talk to me. And guys, I'm not saying this is easy to do, but you can do it. You can step back and look at all the options in the in a way you could respond. And and a lot of them are options that are based in control and, uh, and force. Um, a lot of options that would make you feel better. I mean, sometimes yelling at them and grounding them for the rest of their natural life would really make you feel better. 
but it's not what your child needs. And so we want you to be able to step back from these things and look at all the options so that you can choose one that's really based in love. Now, when we're talking about children and even, you know, middle school age children and older, I want to talk about the tone in which we respond, just as you've talking about that. When you experience an adult who's carrying on like a pork chop, who's immature, who's having a disproportionate response. Who's chucking a wobbly. Yeah, chucking a wobbly. (laughs) Who's all over the place and irrational and emotional how do we how do we respond to that we don't respect what they have to say as much whereas when we meet somebody who is a problem solver who wants to create a win-win who like wants a to peer. appear who who's going to treat you as an equal who's going to hear you out and then you're going to hear there's a maturity there which means you have a different outcome okay so Nicole in our coaching program we talk a lot about the parent child relationship dynamic and and all of us every Uh, conversation you have with anybody, this dynamic is in play. Somebody in the conversation often feels a little intimidated or a little less valuable or below the other one. And there there can be a parent-child dynamic in all of our relationships. And it makes sense when your children are small that you have that dynamic. But as they grow, as they turn about 13, 14 years old, they literally begin to think that they're as smart as you, if not smarter. And as soon as that starts to happen, when you have those conversations and you're talking down to them like they're dumb and less and smaller, uh, not as smart as you, they're insulted. And as soon as they feel that, the, the connection starts to have a wedge in it, don't you think? Completely agree. So what we're talking about here is your response matters. So what you did was take a few moments, take a few hours while he was at school and work out, hey, this is one of those moments where I'm going to either blow it or I'm going to show up and and do this properly. So we have to be mindful, regardless of our children's age, we've got to be level-headed and we've actually got to treat people as an equal. We've got to go in and say, well, if this is a problem and we do need to have a consequence, but how do I do it in a way that that person still feels respected? I'm still going to be respected because I'm going to have mature and loving and wise behavior. So this is where I think a lot of parents begin to lose traction with their kids. And we see this in our office all the time is that they have this disproportionate fear-based immature responses because they're triggered. Okay. Because they're in fear. And so they, they fall into that parent child talking down What we want you to realize is there's an easy fix for this. And what you've got to do is imagine that it was your friend, a peer, someone your same age who did what your child did. How would you speak to them if you wanted to have a conversation about it because you were worried about their choices? And I use you all the time, Nicole. If my kid um, was supposed to do the dishes and didn't do them, I imagine that it was Nicole. Nicole was staying at my house and she didn't do the dishes when she said she would. How would I talk to her about it? Well, it would be a very adult-adult conversation. It would be very respectful. I would ask what was going on with you and are you okay? And um, and I would find a way to create a, a, a win-win where you still felt respected, but you were willing to pitch in and do your chore that I'd asked you to do. And, and that's exactly what we've got to do. We've got to speak to them more like a peer and, and what parents find, and it kind of blows them away, is is you're giving respect. You're actually treating your child with respect. And guess what? It earns respect back. And that is really what we're after. We want our kids to respect us. We don't. It doesn't matter if they like you, but it matters if they don't respect you. 
Now, a lot of these teenagers and, and these young kids, they don't have the rationale to actually understand the consequences of the choices that they make. It's not until the twenty, until they actually turn 23 that that frontal lobe, which is uh, really responsible for all the rational thinking and being able to see multiple scenarios and think things through as action equals consequence, which means that their peers, you don't want them having the influence because their peers are the same age. And they have stupid ideas. They do, which means that this stuff and and not being triggered and not being in that unbalanced state matters even more. Because if you want to have the ear in on your children and you want to be the person of influence and most importantly, that first phone call that is, you know what, I found myself at a party, mum, and I didn't think there was going to be alcohol here, but there is alcohol here and I'm starting to feel uncomfortable and I need you to pick me up right now. That phone call is the one that I want to get. And the way that I've done that with my kids is is I've said to them, if there is ever um, a a situation that you don't feel safe and comfortable in, you just call me on your gizmo and you say Red Bear. And Red Bear is the code word for get me the heck out of here and I'm not feeling safe and I made a, a choice that now is not making me feel okay. That code word Red Bear, I want that Red Bear phone call. And so every single action that I am taking in building trust, and I make mistakes as a parent, we all do. If I make a mistake, I've got to go back in and I've got to earn that trust back. This is not something that is just all hard and fast. So if you're listening to this today and you're thinking, goodness me, I've done this all wrong and I've been triggered and I've been in fear and I've been talking down to them. Uh, it is never too late to go back in and to earn this. But our, our proportionate response, that logical and loving place really does matter. Now, we're, we've kind of skipped over a step here, Nicole, that we have to go back and talk about because we're talking about responding from love and not fear. Well, the only way you're capable of even doing that is if you are in trust so that you're getting out of fear and even capable of love. And we've kind of skipped over that. So I want to go back to finding that condom in the back of my car. In those moments, let me tell you, the failure, failing as a mom, I'm going to look bad. Oh my gosh, you know, what's going to happen? And the and the losing him, all of that came up for me. I was scared out of my wits. I didn't know how to handle it. So over and over and over in the 12 Shapes Relationship System, we teach you how to get out of your fear of failure and loss. And it's simple. It's not easy. You have to practice and practice it a lot, but it is simple. You've got to take a moment and remember, number one, your value is not tied to your child's choices. You have the exact same value as every other person on the planet, no matter what choices your kids make, no matter what they do, no matter how many tattoos or how they show them off. You have the exact same value. So failure is not an option. You cannot fail. Number two, life is a classroom, right? And we are here to learn and grow. And often we just think that we are the teachers. We are here to teach our children. Oh, no, 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 no. They are the teachers just as much as you are. And they are here to teach you and give you opportunities to grow. And every time they make a mistake, this is an opportunity for you to learn how to get out of your fear and into trust and love and show up as a grown-up and earn their respect by not being emotional, by not being out of control and freaking out. Because when you do that, they lose respect. And you know what? They should lose respect because your behavior is immature when we respond that way. Now, this is a good time to bring up the 12-shape relationship system again, because if my children are more familiar with my unbalanced state, they're far more likely to understand that I'm in fear. 
And that's something that you can start introducing into your home. So if you're not aware yet of the shapes of the people that you live with, specifically your children and yourself, go to 12shapes.com, take the quiz there and and work out what your shapes are and then study them. So we actually have them on the back of our toilet door, um, all the different uh, PDFs that you can print off our website and and all the information's in the book as well um, that you can get off our website. But the the unbalanced and the balanced state for all of the family members are on the back of the to- toilet door. And this is a really great way to normalize bad, unhealthy behavior that, because it's not that mum's being unbalanced or that you're carrying on like a pork chop or my sister's bad. I'm creating an environment in my home where everyone's allowed to be different. We're allowed to have good and bad days. We're allowed to have these exaggerated responses, but it's not because I'm a bad person. It's because I was in fear, which means that if I do carry on like a pork chop or I break the trust or I have an exaggerated response, I have a really great footing to then be able to say, you know what, Annika, I just want to talk about that and I want to apologize for the fact that I was in an unbalanced state and I'll pull that sheet out and I'll say, you know what, I'm an arrow. What I know about that is that I'm really, really sensitive to judgment and criticism. And when you criticize my shoes, as you always do, I just couldn't handle it today because I was already feeling a little bit insecure about what the way I was looking and feeling. And so I had an exaggerated response because I felt judged and criticized. Can you see how I might've done that? I felt that way. Absolutely. And which will then lead to her having an apology saying, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean to trigger you in that way. So that's so, so important that you know what shape everybody in your household is and you're familiar with how they respond when their fear has been triggered. Because all of it is different. Your, your two children will have completely different, unbalanced, disproportionate responses in their fearful state. And so if you're not identifying when they're in fear, which then is often where they make their poor choices, right, when they're not feeling particularly confident and good in their self, uh, if you are not able to identify that, then you're also not able to go in and really size up the conversation and, and really work out where, what's the temperature of that child at the moment? Is that child insecure? Is that child just being arrogant? And, and answering back because, you know, he or she's really cocky, right? And overconfident. Maybe it's coming from a place of feeling insecure. Wow. Really, really powerful, important stuff. Um, so w- let's talk a little bit about control because some of the shapes, when my fear gets triggered, that's the response. I go immediately into trying to control the situation. And I think as parents, we really function under a delusion that we can control children. Not you telling me that I can't. <laughs> you haven't figured that out? <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. And I've also, I've, my children have figured it out too, because ultimately that's sometimes what can happen is that Mexican standoff where they put their feet down and, and they try to control and then it becomes a bit of a power play. So this this real control, it's, it's a fear of loss behavior. It's a compensation. It's when we don't feel safe in the world. And that's often where a lot of this conflict starts. Okay, so will you tell us some of the shapes um, as parents that when their fear gets triggered because their children disbehave, they absolutely go to control? Squares, crosses, rhombuses, diamonds, diamonds, octagons. octagons. That's really the ones who are more likely to get into them trying to control and overcompensate and you're never leaving the house again and, and having that blowing the lid of controlling their children. Whereas the other shapes are more likely to be the ones that, oh my gosh, I'm failing and I'm never going to, and this child's going to be a mess and I've screwed it all up. They're more likely to be yeah, into shame and fear of failure. So knowing where you go first and, and then knowing how to get out of that's really important. Okay. So we had a listener write in this week 
with a situation where she found out that her son had spent a bunch of money and and um, bought pornography and material they shouldn't have bought. And she went into control and lost it, right? Because that's what feels safe to those shapes. That's the only way for safety is to have control. What if she'd been able to step back and get in trust that her value isn't tied to this, that this is her and her child's perfect classroom? How might she have handled it? Okay, so in those situations, dialogue is everything, but you can't go into having these conversations when you're triggered. So you've got to make sure that you've cooled down, you've taken a few moments, and that you're realizing that this is a learning opportunity for both of us. I'm not in the blame. The child's not in the blame. This is just part of them growing up. This child, by the way, is 17 and is just starting to, you know, play around with dating and, you know, pornography and there's this stuff that's coming into his life and he's needing to sift through it, what, what's right and what's wrong. So that's the place we're going in is to to have an exploratory conversation, have some dialogue that's, well, hey, mate, you know, I've noticed that there's there's all of these charges that have come up on your debit card and that's not really why we give you pocket money. So can you tell me a little bit about why them, why you felt like you wanted to do that and how did it make you feel when you did it and do you have any questions? That's the place we want to come in because it's we want some conversation because I want to be the one giving the answers to those questions, not Google or his friends. Right. And if if we don't handle this right, they're going to go do what they're going to do anyway. What we really want is to have the influence to help them make good choices for themselves when you're not there controlling them. I mean, that's that's what we want. We want them to make smart decisions for themselves. So a great conversation about pornography and why it can cause problems in our lives and why it might be wise not to use it and helping them access some resources about that and be educated. That's the kind of influence that I want to have, but I can't have if I come from judgment and I put them into shame. And a lot of the the shapes, Nicole, that that go to shame when they get triggered, they pull back away from you when they're triggered. Which is when the secrets start, which is, of course, what infuriates parents the most, <laughs> is that they're lying to me and that I, I find all of this stuff and where do I go about it? So just going back to that particular solution that we helped coach our client with this week is that then it doesn't mean that this boy's off the hook, right? There's money that's been spent on his debit card that shouldn't have been spent that way and now he's overdrawn. So it's now a conversation of, okay, so we've made some choices. We've now had a conversation about pornography. Now let's make a plan together to see how we can actually remedy this situation, get you some money so that your bank, your debit card's not overdrawn and actually get you into a place where everything's back again. But I haven't lost trust over it. This has not been a big blow up where now uh, this has actually strengthened our relationship and he can come back to me with more questions later. And, and really, really important that he's treated with respect and honoured for his value that is still the same as it was before this happened. And I think more than anything in those moments, that's what our kids need to know is that bad choices don't affect our value or my love for you. And we can work this out and it'll all be okay. And they're allowed to make mistakes just like we are. That's such a critical piece. So we've got to go for another break again, running out of time. Uh, But yeah, in in the next segment, stay with us. We're going to talk more about this balance between trust and control and how to get out of these sticky situations as parents. Stay with us. You're with Nicole and Kim on Relationship Radio. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you a fan of Relationship Radio? 
Are you ready to take your relationships to the next level? Perhaps you are still struggling with relationships in your life or struggling with your self-confidence or some negative thinking. We can assist you. Our Shape Up Coaching Program is available to our listeners all over the world. We offer private one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and family group sessions where we teach you about your shapes and how to really strengthen, build, and nurture each of your relationships. Discover how to resolve conflict, how to overcome fear of confrontation, and really work on your self-esteem like never before. For information about your coaching options, or if you're interested in becoming a certified coach to work with Kim and Nicole, send us an email, info at 12shapes.com. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at 12shapes.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You're here with Nicole and Kim, and today we're talking about parenting Nicole, we, we hear from a lot of parents, though, that are really struggling every day, every week with the, with these issues. And I do just want to mention that we have our 12 Shapes Inner Circle community, which allows people to be on a call with us and get specific parenting questions answered every single week. And this is a fantastic opportunity. If you know, I mean, one one radio show hearing this information is not going to be enough. You really need some ongoing support and you need to be able to ask your specific questions. We really want you to go to our website, 12shapes.com and check out the inner circle. Not only do you get access to special coaching calls with Nicole and I every week, but you get access to all of this additional training and material that nobody else gets access to. So go and check us out Join us for the community. It's as low as $29 a month, which is ridiculous for the kind of help that our, our members are getting. So so visit us at 12shapes.com. Awesome. Okay, so let's talk about these sticky situations that we find ourselves in because parenting is a tough job. And I think a lot of us really go in with a lot of idealism. We think that it's going to be different from what our parents did with us or we're trying to either break a cycle or do exactly the same. And this is where we really need to talk about what is it that's influencing a lot of your parenting cho- parenting choices? Are you trying to please someone else? Have you got your own fear of failure going on? You know, am I needing to get someone else's approval or am I doing something according to someone else's value? Parenting is something that's hugely intimate and you've if to really follow through in a balanced way, you've got to feel in your gut like you're doing the right thing for you. So have you actually sat down and thought about the kind of parent you want to be? Oh, I love that question. We could all sit down with a piece of paper and actually put down all the 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 specific behaviors that we really want to exemplify as a parent. I think that would give us so much clarity. And and we probably know that stuff in the back of our mind, but it's not translating through to behavior and how we handle those situations when our fear gets triggered. So those are the ones that you need to sit down and write about. 
when my child makes a mistake or does something that really triggers my fear, how do I want to show up? So this was a, a big part of my parenting journey is, is I had a situation where I had a disproportionate response. I wasn't happy with what I did and I actually smacked my child on the hand. And I know that people are going, oh, goodness me, that's ridiculous because you smacked her on the hand. But literally she was three and I smacked her on the hand and it left a mark. And I remember walking into my bedroom and having a, one of those epiphanies going, this is not the parent I want to be. This is not what I want to be. And the big piece for me, which is no surprise because it's all got to do with my own fear, my own insecurity, which is why knowing your shape is so critical, is that I had made a decision that I wanted to be vulnerable with my children, but I wasn't actually practicing it because being an arrow, vulnerability is really hard. And so in that moment, I remember in the weeks that followed, I did a lot of journaling around that and, and deciding that one day I'm going to be six foot under and I want my children to be at my funeral and at my wake and celebrating my life and listening to to all the people who cared and loved about me and go, yeah, my mum was like that. Not to listen and go, well, my mum was never like that with me. Or really, that mum did that with you? She was never like that with me because she was this stiff upper lip control freak that was always trying to be the best at everything. I made a decision in that moment to, to allow my children to see me vulnerable. Now, we're packing our house at the moment because we're moving and I've had about three meltdowns a day and my kids have watched me being in tears because it's just so overwhelming to pack up a house on my own and I've, I've been really feeling isolated and very alone and despite the hours of podcasts I listen to, it's, it's felt like this insurmountable task and even in those last two weeks, I've been having these teary moments and allowing my two girls to look at it and to say it's okay and to come and give me a cuddle and to say it's okay and, and for me to normalize. So that's a really big influence around a lot of the parenting choices we make, Kim, is that we don't even realize that we're making it because we haven't decided the kind of parent we want to be, or maybe we're too busy trying to be perfect that we're actually not allowing ourselves to be real. My kids know who I am, the good, bad, and the ugly. And that then means that they're allowed to be the good, bad, and the ugly. And I hope that that intentional parenting, you know, that that advice that, that I'm giving myself constantly and, and that I'm choosing for my parenting and that relationship and connection I have with my girls, I'm hoping it's going to mean that when they're 16 and they say, you know what, I came home with a hickey and I'm going to be able to say, yeah, okay, how did it feel? What did you learn? And let's get some makeup on that, you know, to, to, for them to be vulnerable enough in, with me. Oh, that's so powerful. I, I think you're right. A lot of us don't get vulnerable with our kids. I, I like having a lot of conversations with my kids about my fear triggers and their fear triggers and how we deal with them and how to get into trust and love so we can handle things better. The one downside with having all those conversations about that is anytime I'm triggered, boy, they come right in and say, mom, it doesn't sound like you're in trust and love. <laughs> Don't call me on it. But you know what? I What I've seen from that, Kim, is you have the most beautiful, healthy, wonderful relationships with your adult children where you can actually be totally real with them. You're totally authentic. There's no uh, mask that you have there around trying to be this person who has it all together. You're Even with the surgery you've just had, your kids have just all been here and that we've all been watching and supporting you through that. That's what real family is about. It is. It's really about connection, right? Not perfection. Day, not perfection. Perfect. Everybody heard that. Let's say it again. <laughs> yeah, it's about connection, not perfection. 
So uh, really, one of the biggest things that you have to do to be the parent you want to be is let go of your expectations. And we have all kinds of expectations about how our family should look and how our kids should look and what their future should be like. And it seems like every day, Nicole, we're telling parents, you got to let go of that. You've got these plans that he's going to get a, a scholarship and go to a good college and have that kind of degree. That's not what he's choosing. And as long as you're you're tied up into that expectation that that's what he should have been, he's going to feel this judgment and disappointment from you, and you are not going to have connection. We have to let go of those expectations. So therefore, happiness has to be the greatest cause. We're, we're seeking happiness. We're seeking authenticity. We're seeking connection and honesty. If they're actually the building blocks of the relationships we're trying to install in our relationships... That's that's really what we're going for, which means we have to detach. So we're chasing happiness, their happiness and our own, instead of those lists of what you hope or your aspirations that you have for them. You know, I know we're going to have parents out there who are going to say happiness is not the goal. Obedience and a good future and good grades and that stuff is the goal, not happiness. But think about why you want them to have good grades and, and all those things. You're, you're thinking long term that that's what's going to make them happy. The truth is... You're here on the planet to learn and grow. This isn't a vacation. This isn't just about becoming happy or fit meeting expectations. This is about growth. And your child may sign themselves up for a classroom that's vastly different than the one you had in mind for them. And we have to honor the fact that they're making choices to, to be able to facilitate the very lesson they need. And your job is to just love them through it, believe in them through it. I remember, Nicole, a really dark time in my parenting when one of my children was was fighting drug abuse. And, and it was the most scared I have ever been with my child. And it really, really required me to let go and put him in God's hands God and the universe are in charge of his journey. And there's nothing about this that I have any control over except for the way I show up in every interaction. So I made the decision that every text message, every phone call, every time I saw him, all he was going to hear from me is, I believe in you. You are smart. You're capable. You're going to get this all worked out. You're going to have a great life. I believe in you. I love you and I believe in you is all I would say. And you know what? He's pulled it around and he's doing fantastic, better than I ever expected in life. And guys, that's what our kids need to see that kind of turnaround, to get to a place where they can make good decisions for themselves because it's right for them. The fear that we have around this is actually not even based in in any kind of logic because a lot of us think that if we control our children or if we, we're the one of who's influenced and they just listen to our berating and our lectures, that's going to make all the difference. It doesn't work, guys. It doesn't work. We've seen it for 15 years. It doesn't work. What works is you being on their team, making a decision to be for them, even as they spread their wings, even as they make their mistakes. Because guess what? They're going to do it whether you're on their team or not. But what they need is they need you to be on their team. And really, I think that's the whole premise behind why we wanted to do this show today, Kim, was to say, does your child feel like you're on their team? Because you, you're, you'll probably listen to this going, oh, I'm totally behind her. I'm totally on his side. Do, do they really feel that? So go out and take your child out for ice cream or a burger or go to the movies this weekend and say, hey, mate, do you know that I'm always going to have you back? Do you know that no matter what decision you will ever make, I will always be here to support you and love you through it? Because you know what? Our kids need to hear it. 
So we say all the time that you cannot make another person change. We can, we can't no amount of begging or lecturing is going to make somebody change. Actually, there is a way that you can have influence and encourage someone in such a way that they decide to change themselves. And if they decide to change, everybody wins, right? And and we call this the encouragement approach, Nicole. And we, we we found this works on spouses, it works on coworkers, but it really works on kids. And it's actually what I was practicing when I kept telling my son, I believe in you. And the way it works is you you not only do we want you to make a list of the parent you want to be, but I want you to write down on paper the kind of person that you want your child to be. And I don't want you to focus on accomplishments. I want you to focus on character, okay? That they're they're kind, they're generous, they're honest, they're a good person. I want you to focus on character and write all that down. And then I want you to imagine if your child was really making choices that showed that character, how would you treat them? What are the kinds of things you would say to them? And those are the things they need to hear right now. Even if they're not making good choices, they need to hear, I believe in you. You're such a good person. You're strong and smart. They need to have you help them to see the character that is in them, that you know is there inside. It's really who they are. And sometimes they've lost sight of it. So that's a really critical thing too, because we live in such a high risk pandemic of suicide. Just one of our local high schools here lost their seventh child to suicide last week. Seventh this year. Seventh this year, uh, you know, in the junior year. And I mean, these statistics are only getting worse. The self-harm that I am seeing in our office, even just compared to three years ago, these kids feel lonely. They feel isolated. They feel disconnected, despite being more connected than they ever have been because of that mobile phone in their pocket. So the connection they're desperately seeking is to you as the parent and also to themselves. Your job is not to be their friend. Your job is to love them unconditionally, which means that if they don't like your approach, it's okay. They cannot like you for your consequences, but they will love you for the fact that you have their back. And part of that job, the extension of loving them unconditionally is to teach them what it is that you see in them, even when they can't see it themselves. So this validation becomes really important. And and we've only got three minutes until the end of the show, but I just want to bring in another tool for our listeners. The five to one rule has been a really critical piece for a lot of our parenting uh, seminars and, and classes that we've done. And that is that for every one piece of negative feedback or consequence or any kind of action that you need to take as a parent of kind of steering direction or putting in a boundary, five different levels of validation, encouragement and unconditional love need to be shown. And that's just our rule of thumb of the five to one. If you're always working on that in your mind with every single one of your kids, whether it's a text message, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a little note, uh, you know, in their dressing room, whatever it is that you could do to make them know that you have their back, that you love them unconditionally so that their experience of you is not just one of rules and correction and not doing enough, you know, around the house and not doing well enough at school. If they only hear that from you, that will be what continues to stay in their head. And trust me, they've got enough of that on their own. So we've got to do this five to one and fill their buckets up. The other thing, Nicole, is every one of these kids Every one of your children is fighting a terrible fear that they won't be good enough, that no matter what they do, it won't be enough, that they won't fit in, they won't make it in the world. And that is the number one driver of all of the bad behavior. So make sure you're teaching in your home that we all have the same exact value and that you can't fail because no matter what you do, you'll have the same value as everybody else. Make sure that's part of the language in your home and you're talking about it 
every day, multiple times a day, so that that's getting through. I, I feel like that's one safety that I can give my kids so that when I send them out in the cold, harsh world, which is going to trigger their fear that they're not enough, that will, will be in the back of their mind that my mom has taught me that I have the same value no matter what. Love it. All right. Well, I hope that today's show has been really valuable. Please share it with the people that you love, the people who are around you. I think this is a topic that all parents can gain value from. And do join us at 12shapes.com to work out all of the shapes in your family and check out the Inner Circle. We'd love to support you more if this is something that you need help with. Thanks again for joining us here on Relationship Radio. Stay with us for more next week. We'll give you more tips and tools. You've been with Nicole and Kim. Thank you for being a part of Relationship Radio. We hope you've not only received some great ideas to improve the relationships in your life, but will join Master Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles again next Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a wonderful week.